All right, welcome back. We are in April, a new month, and we're going to go in about prayer. We're going to go in about uh, grace, mercy, sacrifice, love. This is going to be a great month. We're going to be a little bit of everywhere, but it's all going to turn into or tie into prayer and grace. Lord God, touch us uh, and help us. Let us make it not just through, but let us learn and grow in Jesus name. All right. So I want to give you a fun fact. Maybe, maybe I'll start doing fun facts. Um, you know, and we'll start the Bible studies off with fun facts. I don't know. But one fun fact here is hell. Hell is used in the old Testament and it's used in the new Testament, but the majority of the time, I think it's used 11 times in the new Testament or 10 times, but nine out of 10 or 10 out of the 11 is Jesus using it. The word hell. Uh, and he uses the word Gehenna, which becomes uh, known for as the word hell. Now, Gehenna uh, was the way the Greeks described the Valley of Hinnon. And this valley is where they literally would set people afire, normally children as an offering to the god Moloch. Even Solomon had did it. Jo- Josiah eventually put a stop to it. Uh, by desecrating the valley with human bones. At that point, uh, people felt like, oh, it's, it was desecrated. It can no longer be used for this uh, as a holy place to sacrifice to the god Moloch. Josiah, King Josiah, was like, this is ungodly. This is ridiculous. So he just literally just put bones in there, uh, which in the minds of the people that followed Moloch was detestable and, and, and uh, made the site unholy. Uh, so when Jesus would describe hell, he would say Gehenna is like Gehenna. You know how they burn people in Gehenna? That's like hell. So hell, uh, the translation for hell uh, in the New Testament became Gehenna. Now, in the Old Testament, there was two words, Hades uh, and Tartarus. Um, and Tartarus was just like a deep pit. And Hades was like the place where the the undead and bad spirits would go. So little couple little fun facts. If you want to say hell, talking about hell could be uh, a fun fact, but uh, a couple little facts that you may not have known. Uh, now let me click through to my Bible. We're actually going to go over the father's prayer. A lot of us know it. The father's prayer, uh, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Some people say debts uh, as we forgive our debtors or trespasses this. Uh, but I'm not going to be reading the traditional King James Version. I'm going to go in and we'll be reading the NS, NASB, the New American Standard uh, Bible, which I think is a good translation. There's my my dogs. If you hear them running across the hardwood floor uh, there, they're here with me recording. So uh, Matthew 6 nine and hopefully they don't start barking uh and i have to re-record this so but matthew 6 9 nasb and i will be going uh i will kind of discuss the the meaning behind the words i really want to take us deeper this month maybe we'll call april the month of deeper i like that uh where we really go into what things mean what what uh the bible mean what the transliteration the translations rather mean um, what the, the, what the text means. So, uh, I'm excited about it. Let's, let's do this. So starting off with Matthew six, nine, pray then in this way, 
So the disciples have come to Jesus basically and asked him, how should we pray? And Jesus breaks it down and says, pray then in this way. So pray like this, our father. And I really want to break down. We're going to go line by line, precept upon precept, as the Bible says. Why is it important that he says our father? Why didn't he just say my father? Because remember, it's an individual prayer. But why did he not say uh, my father or your father or his father? But he said our father. And I think it's important, and I've, I've taught on this before. I think it's important to say our father. The reason is, is when you realize that God is not just your God. He is your God. God is my God. He is Levi Johnny Griffin's God. He, he loves me. I love him. We have an intimate relationship. He corrects me when I'm wrong. He saves me all the time, and he keeps me from sin. Yes, he is my God, but we don't start the prayer off like that. We start the prayer off with our God. And I think it's important that when Levi Johnny Griffin knows that he's not just his personal God, but he is your God and the lady over there is God. It, 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 for one, it becomes communal. We worship and praise our God. Also, it, I can't be selfish. Like God loves me and no one else. I'm going to take my stick and leave. I've heard people, uh, heard stories of people saying, you know, when I quit this job, when I leave the job, the whole place is going to collapse because the spirit of God that was with me kept this place going and it's only stayed afloat because I was here. And the minute I'll slam the door, the rats and roaches are going to come. And then the, you're going to get an eviction notice and the bank is going to say you got to give up the building. You're going to lose all of your accounts and then you're going to burn the coffee. And, and they just go on like God is just theirs. And when they leave, God leaves with them. But if if I say our God, I think it lets me know that I don't have a monopoly on the Lord. And since I don't have a monopoly on the Lord, I have to respect other people just like I want them to respect me. And it and, it, and I and I think it, it humbles me to know that this God is not just my God, but he is our God. Our God, what our father who? Our father who is in heaven. I think that is important because we have to know that God isn't here on earth. Jesus isn't here on earth. Jesus says, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Peace out. Uh, but I won't leave you alone. I won't leave you comfortless. What does he say? He says, I will leave a comforter for you. Think of the comforter like Jesus, just in a spirit form that lives inside of you. Jesus had a body and then he died and had a heavenly body. He ascended to heaven. Now he's with God in heaven, according to the scriptures. And he left us the Holy Spirit, which is you can see Jesus and the Holy Spirit. A lot of people have a hard time kind of comprehending this. So I'm kind of uh, making it overly simple. But it, the, the, the spirit is a person. It says the Holy uh, Spirit in the person of the Holy Spirit. So, we know, the Holy Spirit is a being. It's not some magical, mystical. Uh, I guess you can say it's mystical and a mystery. Uh, but it is, it is alive. It has a thought process. Um, it thinks it, it can be sad. The Bible says you can grieve the Holy spirit. It is a person So just think of it as Jesus living inside of you, but it is a person all of its own. So our father who is in heaven, cause God is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Um, it says, hallowed be thy name uh, or holy is thy name. But the word here, holy is a And I'll try to pronounce this correctly. A guy is Theto, and if I'm not pronouncing that right, y'all, you email me or leave it in the comments, um, the correct way to pronounce it. But a guy is Theto, uh, which comes from the word uh, Hagios, and it means to consecrate, sanctify, um, which means to set apart. So all that to say, it means to set apart. Now, to set apart 
is different. When we think of this scripture, and I want you to grab this, when you when we think of this scripture, we normally think of it as God, uh, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. And we think of it, yeah, his name is holy, which it is. His name is righteousness, which it is. His name is power, which it is. But it's saying here is not just saying holy as an attribute of his name. It's saying holy as to set apart, as in we set his name apart to be holy. We make his name holy as setting it apart, which means when we say Jesus, when we say Jehovah, when we say the Lord, when we say God, those are words we set apart as holy. We sanctify those words because we mean set apart. We set them apart in our vernacular as holy. And you think, well, how can you make it unholy? People do it all the time. Somebody gets a call they don't like and they go, oh, Lord, uh, Teresa's calling again. They stub their toe. Jesus, I'm having a bad day. I stub my toe. They could be in the act of being sinful with someone that's not their husband or wife. And they'll say, God, oh, God. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can use the name of the holy name of our, our Lord and Savior in an unholy way. So it's saying here, hallowed, consecrate, sanctify, not that the name is holy, which it is, but that we set it apart to be holy, that we use it in context to be holy. All right, I'll make it simple. What does it say? Do not use the do not use the Lord's name in vain. Right. Isn't that the Bible? We normally we know that scripture. If you don't Google it, do not use the Lord's name in vain. What is it saying? Consecrate the name, sanctify the name, set it apart to be holy. The name is holy, but here it's saying the name is holy because we set it apart or we set it apart to be holy. We in our mind, we don't say Jesus or Jehovah unless we're calling the name in prayer or in praise or in worship or the or the word Lord or the word God unless we're using it in a righteous way. We set it apart to be holy. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. I will set your name apart to be holy is your name, your kingdom and kingdom here is sovereignty, royal power. Why is that important to know? That is not when we think of his kingdom, we kind of normally think of heaven, like heaven is going to be on earth. And yes, that's part of his kingdom. But here it's saying his power, his sovereignty is come. His power is come. The hand, the right hand of the Lord, the power has come. The power has come. Your kingdom come. Your power is coming. Your, 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 your dominance is coming. Your force is coming. Your will, here is the lemma, your will be done. Now this is, this once again is, we have to take it like Hollowith. It's saying your will be done. It is to come into being. Uh, it means your will will begin to happen. It means that I think, or you say, uh, I need not to lie. And I say, hey, I come in agreement with you, Lord, my God, Jehovah, spirit, the Holy Spirit. I come in agreement with the, the Trinity. I come in agreement and says, hey, I don't want to lie. I want to be honest. So your will goes from just something in the Bible or something in your spirit to something I adapt in my spirit. You don't want me to attack people. So yeah, I won't attack people. It goes from being something that is in the spirit and the heart of God and something he writes in his Bible to something that is in my heart. You don't want me to mislead people uh, on, on word I put out today the golden 
rule. Treat others like you want to be treated. So you do, you want me to treat others well? The Bible says specifically, uh, treat love your neighbor as yourself, love your brother and sister as you love as much as you love as you love yourself. So I want myself. I want to be great. I want to eat well. I want to have finances to be able to go on trips. I want my life to be good. That means that I want the same thing for everyone else's life equally. Your will be done, which means I have a mindset to live the way that you've asked. It changes the the context of the script on earth as it is in heaven. Your heaven is in order, which means my life needs to be in order. This earth needs to be in order. I need to align myself. And they say, well, there's 8 billion people. Well, I can start with me. Michael Jackson has that song. I'm going I'm to start with the man in the mirror. If 8 billion people began uh, starting with themselves, then we wouldn't have this issue. Once you change, people see you change and it pushes them to change. Give us this day. That word give a dose is to give. It means he, he is offering you this day. Our daily, it's for coming, uh, the coming day, uh, bread. And forgive, now the word forgive, aphos, which comes from the word apo, now that is to send away. And forgive us our debts, it means to send away. What is it sending away? It's sending away our sin. It's twofold, it's sending away our sin and it's sending away the opportunities to sin. Doesn't mean that you won't have opportunities to sin, you'll still have trials and tribulations or experiments and we'll get to that or you'll still have those trials but it's saying listen lord send away my sin the bible tells us he'll send it as far as the east is from the west i love a song there's a song that says it, that he'll send that's about that scripture that he'll send sin away uh, as far as the east is from the west i love the song i love the scripture and it's saying here and and forgive is aphis or apo to sin don't just Forgive my debts, send them away from me. Don't just forgive my sins, send them away from me. Now, remove opportunities that I have to sin. Help me to not sin. And, and God has helped me to not sin. There's opportunities that every man and woman have to sin. And it's, it's some temptations are too great, so God sends them away. So that we only encounter the sin that we can, we can handle. We only can uh, uh, encounter the trial that we can handle. And I thank God for it. That's, that's been a huge part of, of my worship experience with God, just thanking him for sending sins away. I don't even have the opportunity uh, to, you know, have $500 million and have to decide between closing down, you know, 800 people's homes or making millions of dollars. I want to believe that I do the right thing, but I don't want to have to, I don't ever want, want to have to find out. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm compromised and God begins to send those sins uh, those situations away from us and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven, sent away the sin of others. So just as God sends away our sin, he says, listen, those people that sin, you got to send their sin away. And when something has been sent away, that mean, you, you don't bring it up again. So husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends is sent away. You can't call it back if you sent it away. You can't say, well, six months ago, you told me that on the first. Well, listen, we dealt with that argument. We came to a resolution and we both had to send it away. Once you send it away, it can't be recalled or you never sent it away. I can't recall this and say, well, on Thursday, October 9th, you did this. And then and now it's three years later and I'm still bringing up October 9th. 
from three years ago. That means you never sent it away. You got to send it away as far as the east is from the west. Or at least send it away far enough out of your mind that you don't uh, keep uh, pressing into it with your mother, your father, your brother, sister, your husband, wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend. You have to send it away. And do not lead. I, I got to wrap this up. I'm wrapping this up. We got like three minutes here, uh, if that. And do not lead. It means literally to carry from or to lead us into temptation. Now, the word temptation is parismon, an experiment, a trial, or a temptation. I said we was going to get to the experiment. And when I saw this, uh, I was like, what, what, what does it mean by um, an experiment? I get trial and temptation. But isn't that experiment or isn't a trial just an experiment? Think about it. Clinical trials with drugs. It's an experiment to see if the drug will work. Job went through a trial. The devil said, hey, I bet I can get Job to curse you, God. And God was like, go ahead and try. For the devil, it was an experiment. For Job, it was a trial. And Job passed a trial, which means that the devil had a failed experiment. He couldn't mess with Job enough to get him to curse God. So that, that temptation there is a trial, a temptation or experiment. Sometimes God puts us in a trial to elevate us to the next level. But he says, hey, I'm going to give them 10% of the next level. And if they can handle it, I give them the whole percentage. It's an experiment. It's a trial. Not everything is meant to hurt us. Some things are meant to elevate us. But God didn't want to hurt us, elevate us, and the elevation hurts us. You can't handle running one home. So why would he give you 50 homes or 20 homes? You can't manage well a thousand dollars and pay your tithes. Why would he give you $10,000? The weight of it would cause you to be in a worse situation. So then he experiments, but deliver us to draw to oneself, pull close, but deliver us, pull us close to you, us from evil. Why is that important? So he's not saying, listen, he's not just delivering us from the evil. He's delivering us from the evil by pulling us closer to him. It's kind of like mama bear. I'm not just running off the wolf. I'm pulling you close to me. So the wolf understands, listen, if you ever come back here, you got to deal with me to get to the, the baby bear. You got to get to Papa bear. You got to get to mama bear. So I'm not just running the wolf off. And then the wolf thinks, well, I'll just come back later. Listen, I'm pulling you close to me. I'm keeping you close to me. So the wolf understands to ever get to you. It has to get to me. And the wolf can't beat our God. The, the, the devil can't beat our God. So it's not just delivering us. It's pulling us close. For yours, the kingdom is the kingdom and the power in the kingdom. There is the sovereignty, the the uh, basilio, the, the, the sovereignty, the power of God. Uh, yours is the kingdom and the power. The power there is dunamai or dunamis, right? The miraculous power. And it's only miraculous to us. You have to understand, though, the miraculous power of God is only miraculous to us. To God, it's just his, his will, his power. Just think about it. They, there's this, this saying, what does a rich person call a limo? What does a rich person call a limo? Calls it his car. Just say, bring the car around. It's his car. It's only a limo to, to those of us that don't ride in limos every day. It's like, oh, man, that's a limo. But to someone that rides in a limo every day, it's just the car. So for us, it's the miraculous. We get, we see God do something. It's like, oh, we, lo and behold. And we should be worship God for it. But to God, it's just his power. It's just, it's just, just, that's just God. We don't take God. We shouldn't take God for granted, but we should understand that his power is amazing. And it's just his power it's just every day. He doesn't have to go get something or fetch something or hype himself up to, to perform a miracle. He just does it. And it's a miracle. He lives on that level and the glory 
glory here is the same. It's it's honor, it's praise, and and it's an opinion. So this is one of those things, uh, once again, where like Hollywood, where it's his glory is not his he is to be glorified, which he is. It is, and I want to explain this well so no one mistakes that I'm saying that God isn't isn't to be glorified or God isn't glory. Uh, but here it's more said in the context as we give him glory. We praise him. We honor him for his is the kingdom, which means the sovereignty for his is the power, which means the dunamis power and the glory, which means our worship forever. We are to worship and to honor and to praise him forever and ever. Amen. Matthew six, the father prayer. I uh, love you guys. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, I'm going to have links to a lot of this stuff in there because I don't want you to just listen to me. Um, I want you to go and research and grasp a hold of it and spend time with God. I'm learning to spend time with God. I want to get up at 4 a.m. and I've been setting my alarm. And I'll be honest, I probably missed the alarm 99% of the time. So I'm going to try to go to bed early. It's the fight. It's the experiment. I want to go to bed earlier and try to get up earlier to, to cut out that time with God versus uh, at the end of the day. And I. And and it's okay to spend that time at the end of the day, but I really want to shift it to the beginning of the day because I want to start my day off with God. So I'm just trying to press and I ask all of you to press with me. Um, that's all for today. Love you guys. Uh, if you have any questions, just email me. Uh, you can email me at hollaback at yahoo.com. That's H-A-L-L-A-B-A-K at yahoo.com. Hotel. Alpha, Lima, Lima, Alpha, Bravo, Alpha, Kilo at Yahoo.com. And that's all for today. See you guys next time.